When you look in the mirror, who do you see? Today, we're going to help you discover how God sees you and unpack the truth that God sees in you as we go through Michael Thompson's new book, King Me. You'll walk away with a new understanding of your journey through manhood and how God has made you to be a king. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, sponsored by Mountain Tough Fitness Lab, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for around the world and find out the type of dad you are. Men in the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, your host and guide leading you to your best version in the stress bubble of life and beyond. Before we get into the episode today, I want to bring out one of our hero stories. Now remember, we try to collect one hero story for every day of the week. Number six comes from T. Welsh, and he said this, I was released from prison in 2023, and I knew I needed to make some major life changes, but didn't know where to turn. My dad recommended the Men in the Arena to me, and I've been listening to your podcast every day since. God is using your podcast to mold and remake me into a godly man, husband, and father. I've abdicated my responsibilities for far too long, and now it's time for me to enter the arena of manhood and be there for my family. My wife comments on the changes she's seen in me. We are attending a Bible teaching church and seeking to become members. Man, that is the coolest story. That's one of the reasons we offer our digital resources free to dudes in prison because God can reach down from heaven and and change that guy. So hit us up with your physical address. We want to send you some swag just to say thank you for getting in the arena. What a great and encouraging story. Hey, guys, make sure you stay tuned to the end of this episode when we share one of our many man laws for you found in my free book, Man Laws, 101 Ways to Get Your Man Card Revoked and Rules to Live By. Hey guys, I'm super excited to bring our guest on today, Michael Thompson. Michael, I go way back to his first book, The Heart of a Warrior, so you can listen to that podcast at your convenience. Uh, Michael lives in North Carolina with his beautiful wife, Robin, of the past 34 years, so he's got me by two years. Michael and Robin founded Zoe, and God continues to bless their work as they seek God's kingdom. He's the author of The Heart of a Warrior and King Me, which is our topic today. He's written other books as well. Michael and Robin live, work, and play to see the hearts set free through experiencing the transforming love of God. And I'm excited to have Michael on. How you doing, brother? Good to be with you again, Jim. I'm, I'm good. I'm doing well. I was looking forward to this afternoon. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, you're three hours ahead of me. That's right. I forgot about that. It's barely yeah. noon. It's not even noon here. It's 11. So, mm-hmm. man, I'm excited. I read your book cover to cover. Uh, looking forward to getting in here and having a conversation. But let's start first with you. Tell our guys uh, 
a little bit more about you and your story. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I grew up in church if we go all the way back there. So, you know, along the way, I think, uh, a lot of us who have suffered that fate, um, become, you know, pharisaical, or we just kind of fall away. Well, I went, I went the pharisaical route, joined the uh, ranks of campus crusade after college, uh, with athletes in action, um, played a few years on the AIA basketball team back in the, um, I'm glad to say it was at the transition of shorts being longer and socks being shorter. So, um, but I do have high school pictures of, uh, you know, wearing diapers, uh, as we played and socks up to our knees and you had to make sure they were that way. But, um, so then I went on to, uh, the Duke university campus as an athletes in action rep and worked there. Um, loved it 17 years. Um, bounced into or or really god got me um with wild at heart as he did a lot of men of of my generation i was about 38 i'm 59 now so right what was that 2000 yeah right in that space and um and and felt like um you know it was a beginning of a real trajectory turn for me and led to my wife and i leaving staff about five six years later um, not because we were unhappy, but because we just, um, we were on a different path, uh, working with men, particularly in marriages. Um, uh, I was back in school, got a counseling, biblical counseling degree and, um, practiced some of, of that for a while, but, you know, just found myself more like a, a medic, you know, in the battlefield and, uh, more of a free agent than I was, you know, wasn't using campus crusade stuff was more, uh, moving in guys' lives um, with, you know, matters of the heart, looking at their their story, their history, their desires, and yeah, trying to, um, you know, learn myself as we went along tending to, uh, you know, a, a lot of the Raleigh-Durham, Chapel Hill. We kind of became the Wild at Heart guys, I think, here for a while, but um, started Zoe in 05, uh, Greek word for life when Jesus talks about you might have life and mm -hmm. have it to the full. It's the word Zoe found out that CS Lewis stole my stuff. Um, he, he does he that a lot. It. He, I know he <laughs> wrote about it in mere Christianity. And so, um, that was fun, but yeah, that's what we get to do. Um, I feel like we, you know, are somewhere, uh, in that, on that frontline space where a lot of people are hurt. Um, and a lot of people are looking for a place to belong and, kind of taking Christianity beyond some of those fundamentals uh, spaces that we were all who went to church for so long, well-trained in and into, yeah, some spaces that are much deeper, you know, than send less, try harder, give more. Um, and, and, and there's just, it's, it's complicated and the kingdom's very, very expansive in many, many ways in terms of how it works and who you are in it and the enemy that, uh, has come to steal, kill, and destroy, as Jesus says. So, yeah, man, that's a bit. That's just a bit of the uh, what what we find ourselves doing day to day. It's so interesting. First of all, I have a picture on my computer of my freshman basketball team, and I don't think those shorts could have got any higher, or their so or any higher up, and the socks any yeah. higher. And I've got yeah. the same picture. So, you know, it's interesting. So, Wild at Heart. I read that book when it first came out in '01. It just deeply impacted me. But it's funny how how it impacted me. It seems like the second half of the book impacted you more than the first half. The first half really impacted me, and I didn't didn't resonate with the second half. And so it's mm -hmm. really fun the perspective that you and I bring to mm -hmm. men's ministry. Uh, you bring kind of that second half, the brokenness, the woundedness, the 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 you know kind of the wounded warrior type of thing. And uh, I really appreciate that. I think our guys are going to love this episode, especially. What I've always appreciated about you is you came on the podcast several years ago, and afterwards you said, hey, Jim, why don't you come out here for free and go to one of my conferences, my retreats? I thought, he just invited me out for a whole weekend free? This guy is about God's kingdom and not God's mm. budget and God's checkbook mm. and and not him him getting on top, you getting on top. So I, I've always remembered that, man. I appreciate it. That is, and, yeah. You know, you bring something to the table that I think we're trying to bring as well, and that's we're all on the same team here. Yeah. You know, and so I, yeah. I appreciate you. So let's talk about your book, King Me. So the book okay. threw me off a little bit at first. And then I saw the checker on the cover 
And I was like, oh, okay, because I didn't have the book. And I saw that, I go, okay, I'm getting this. Yeah. I'm getting this. So tell us a little yeah. bit about the, the the title of your book, King Me, and why you came up with that name. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you've you've written several books, and it's it's interesting to an author or an artist um you know if you if you follow you two as a band they're they're writing and singing different things now uh springsteen is a great example i mean here he is in the elder sage stage of his life and he's writing different different songs does that make sense so 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 this is this is true for me with king me there is there's an evolution right to all of us um, and our journey, there should be sanctification says that, you know, that, that we're overcoming and becoming. And so for, for me, King me was an opportunity to express a few things. Uh, one, uh, about Jesus being the King of Kings Two, uh, part two of the book is, is very much about, um, this journey that we're on, you know, Jim at 58 at 59, we're, we've got more that we're looking back at then we're necessarily looking forward to if you do, if you measure by years, mileage. And so, but what's happened to us along the journey is just critical to understanding who we are now, where we're headed and, uh, and what God might have for us. And so um, those were just things that I had been experiencing more. I had as a, as a, as a person in the counseling lane in some ways, even though I don't typically do that, um, as much anymore, I'd rather be in a circle of 12 guys than, than one guy. Uh, but I'll, you know, I'll dive off the boat to go get that one guy if that's where God's deploying uh, me in that moment. But at the same time, um, yeah, when I think about my getting counseling, my receiving counseling, my sitting across from a, a, a good guide who can, yeah, take me into my story and and take me into into my journey and ask some of the questions. That's King Me came from some of that part of my journey over the last you know five to seven years. And one of the real threads um, in the book has much to do with how you and I and men are made as image bearers, masculine image bearers, and our need for validation and initiation on the journey. And you validate a seven-year-old and you initiate an eight-year-old different than a 57 or 58-year-old. And, and what does that look like? And so if the father is fathering us, right? If Jesus is, is um, equipping us with power and authority to move as we progress in the journey, moving to this king stage. And if the Holy Spirit, right, is guiding us and counseling us, so the Trinity's involved, um, I started to see how, do you remember that book, that book, um, The Prayer of Jabez? Of course. I read it five okay. times. Okay. Do, can you just give a what, what, pop quiz, Jim? What, what was that really about? What was that book about? Oh, gosh. First Chronicles 4, 9, and 10. And it was about uh, asking. That, number one, that's about... so impressive because we did not talk about this <laughs> no, before. No, no but I, I, I prayed this prayer many times. But it talks about basically God. It's a prayer asking God to protect our hearts and enlarge our capacity. Our... And through enlarging our capacity, increasing our territory. There's my high level pop go. quiz. Did Beautiful. I pass? <laughs> you did. I'm going to use this. I'm going to cut this little excerpt out and post it everywhere that we uh, have a presence. Because I appreciate yes, it. And and so let me ask you another question. How many books do you think uh, Wilkerson sold? That 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 oh, I bet he was in the four million there, and that it little dinky book. Yep. Yeah, little dinky yep. book. Little in millions. Book. Yeah. So that tells us that, in my opinion, tells us uh, subjectively that that little book hit a chord, just like Eldridge's Wild at Heart. We were talking about it hit a chord with men, Jim, because I believe there's a chord in men that can be hit. Well, you know, it's interesting, Michael, in your book, you actually said this, so I'm quoting you now, so I don't have to, it's okay. not a pop quiz. You said this on page 47, as an image bearer, you reflect the likeness of the hero of this larger story, and he has written you into a vital role. You are to play a part alongside him and with him. And that's, that really, that's, that's critical for guys to get this. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and so writing the book had a lot to do with my journey in, in, in those spaces and realizing that I'm not just hanging on until Jesus comes back. He's actually empowering and trusting. Uh, I say in the book, cutting keys. He gave them to his friends, his disciples, and, and then we see the book of Acts. He, and he has keys for us. And what does that look like in the kingdom if, if we can walk into spaces kindly and strongly, but with power and authority and, and bring um, that goodness to the world that around us, back to Jabez, so that he could expand our territory if he could trust us with more territory. You know, and so that made sense to me logically, and I think theologically that you know, if you're not going to be tested beyond what you're able, and if if you've been faithful with a little, you're going to get more. There's some condition in this. His love is unconditional, but I was discovering more and more that there are some conditions in in which this relationship with with God, with the Father, and and what He wants to, where He wants to put me. How, how he wants to not use me, because I think, you know, we get a lot of that theology, but how he wants to partner with me in spaces, how he wants to empower me in, uh, in, in, in opportunities. And so those were things that were just driving the experience. And then, you know, how you, if you've written a book or two, or how, as many as you've written, the research became so fun. I started discovering more and more and more how true this is. Well, you know, it's interesting. You brought up a, a quote, and you quote Oswald Chambers in your book several times. And one of my favorite quotes I read in his book, My Utmost for His Highest, he said, God is not interested with you with you working for him. He wants you to work with him. And he, the beautiful thing, and, and as I get older, when I was younger, and I was, I've been in full-time ministry 35 years, when I was younger, I really wanted to be the hero, like... I want to come and rescue and overwork, and I was the Messiah complex. And as I get older, I'm realizing, yeah. no, I want to be the guide. And so when you say that, I, I just concur. Maybe that's an older guy thing, but you know, guiding these younger guys on this journey uh, to uh, to increase their capacity for God and for God to increase their territory, and then we mm -hmm. get to celebrate not as us being the hero in their story, but them being the hero in this grand kingdom drama that God has entrusted yeah. to them. He's given them that key and he's only cut yeah. one key and they're holding it, you know, for yeah. them. So, yeah. well, let's do this. Let's break down the book. Let's do a 30,000 foot uh, view of the book. You have okay. four sections in your book. So can you mm -hmm. explain each one and then just watch yeah. you know, the, 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 each section and what they mean? Yeah. Great question. Um, the part one is about the King of Kings and, and you know the passage in Revelation that he's the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. So capital K King belongs to Jesus. We get that. But back to the cutting keys, um, he no longer calls us servants. He calls us friends. And, and he's entrusting the ways of the kingdom, how it works, who you are in it. But all of it, vine and branches, right? That, that when the disciples come back from the scrimmage where they have been entrusted with power and authority, and they go and heal people. They do what Jesus did, right? They come back and Jesus says, I know, it's so cool. This is going to work. But even cool, even better, even more cool is that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So there's a position that we have as Christ followers, but also as, um, as, as image bearers. So there's discipleship is learning how to become like him, and, and, and Romans 8 is very clear. He becomes like a sinful man so that we can become like him. The word there is glorious ones. So not just sinners saved by grace, but I think, Jim, uh, the gospel that I want to champion has a lot more to do with sonship and brotherhood and, and empowering and, and the opportunity to, yes, somehow, someway um, bring goodness to a world that so needs Christians who, um, and I, I get it, there's political spaces and there's there's plenty of things to, injustices and things to go after, but love and kindness and strength, what would that look like as, as a masculine image bearer? And can I, instead of, you know, put my stake in the ground, this is what's true and this is the way it's got to be to really understand the very person 
that I, I'm talking with or, 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 or might very well have a different position, but I don't even know their story. And I'm, I'm right. I'm trying to run over them with theology rather than, than, than run to them with, with some care and, and attention. So understanding who Jesus is, is my point in part one. And, and I think, I think, and I don't know, I haven't asked you this, but what's your take on the chosen and the Jesus that's portrayed in the chosen. Well, okay, I'm I'm going to give you my answer here, and I hope it's not the wrong one. But I I'm going to tell you what I think. I am in love okay. with I'm in love with that series. I've had those guys on my podcast. I I mean I'm really right? frustrated that they moved away from Angel and they're doing the a thing in the theater because the I've theater. been dying for season four. Come on, yeah. I mean I, their their portrayal of Jesus is rocking my world. I've watched every episode three it. times. Yeah, and I'm crying every episode. I mean, so there's my there answer. I hope that's right. <laughs> so there it is. So I, I think it's right because I I think everybody I ask that, all the men that I ask that, is the same response. Yeah, I would love to hang out with that guy. Oh, I all want, day long. I want to be with you. And we see how Jesus is not only kind; he's provocative. He's he's he can get a little snarky, right? Get used with, to different. With, get used to different. Yes, yeah, different. Right. <laughs> And he's funny. So my point is, if yeah. if we don't have an image of Jesus that we want to be like, then something's not right. Absolutely. And, 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 and the subtlety of that that's happened that's happened in our Christianity, I think, is is hurting us in 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 the men's movement. Because uh, yeah, we could talk about this part one, but having Jesus right is really critical to me me getting well and me and me becoming the superhero that I wanted to become, the, the, the man that can make a difference, the man that contribute and, and the man that has something to offer. So that's part one. So it's interesting, uh, Michael, along that line last night, I do a service for men and I, I run a table with, um, uh, young men that play football at Linfield university. So I have this table of young guys that I, cause I'm their chaplain. And one of the guys, he's going to go to Europe next week and play, uh, in the European pro league, great receiver. And he said, man, I've just kind of given, re recommitted my life to Christ six months ago. And he said, the thing holding me back is I just hope God will forgive me for my past. And I went, whoa, whoa. I go, you're, you're, that's not the, G that's not the God I worship, bro. Let me give you a theology lesson here. And here it is. You're already forgiven. Forgiven. Yeah. Romans 8, Receive 1 says, it. there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you come to God with your guilt and shame and tell him how bad you are, he goes, I don't even know what you're talking about. Cause all he sees is Jesus who said, though your sins are red as scarlet, behold, they're white as snow. So he, his eyes opened up, and you could see the freedom in his eyes. He's like, oh, mm. I don't have to live there? No, bro, the Bible. No. <laughs> you know, we, we ask yeah. for forgiveness, but it, it's not about receiving forgiveness. It's about receiving uh, yeah. our, our role in our sin to make the relationship with Jesus right. It has nothing to do with him forgiving us. So I, yeah. I think that's so important. We have to get God right. If we don't get him right, we're in trouble. So your next section is called the journey of a king. Talk to me about that one. Yeah. So um, Gordon Dalby, uh, Doctor oh. Hicks, um, John Eldridge. These guys wrote about the the masculine journey. Think of developmental psychology. You know, adolescence. Uh, you know, puberty, and and just this 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 linear line that is a, a journey, mile markers, and so. Looking at every stage that I wrote about, and I, I give credit to all those guys for shaping and contributing and and being, you know, faculty members, if you will, for my heart on the masculine journey. And so boyhood and the explorer stage and then the warrior stage, the lover stage that transcends all the stages uh, because we're first made to receive love, but then we we grow up and 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 begin to offer love. And then the king stage and the elder sage stage. So these stages, um, they have a linear, you know, Jim, there's when you're 10, you're you're on the cusp of moving from boyhood to explorer. So about every decade. Okay, could, I was gonna ask that because you didn't have a chronology listed, and I was like, okay, so where are we in the king stage? We're not in the elder stage. We're yeah, in the king stage. We're in the king stage. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is yeah, hold kings, on. Kings, is my yep. 60 the elder stage, Michael? No, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm just pushing it. I'm just I'm teasing. pushing it out there. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to push it out there to 68. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, Keep it out there, baby. Keep it out there. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the, the stages, you know, there's some Every gray for sure, for sure in those transitions because, man, some boys, 
when their dads left or oh, there was yeah. some tragedy, they were thrust into a man of the house, which is very unkind for a nine or 11 year old boy. It's tragic. Uh, his mom made him a lover. Now I need, you know, you need to be here for mom. Figuratively. Yes. And, and, and provide as a King would for her emotionally. And, and I don't know whose story I'm touching on there. I'm just saying that we talk about these stages as, you know, give or take a decade, they overlap a little bit. Um, you know, um, and so as you move into the warrior stage, each stage has some questions that your heart is asking. And actually those state, those questions go with you. So, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, we talked before I'm, I'm 59, going to be 60 this year, but the boyhood questions as a boy is moving about the planet, he's asking just a few core questions. His heart is asking, do you see me? Do you love what you see? Do you want to be with me? He's not really worried about strength yet. He just he just wants to know what you see and do you want to be with? So where does that go, Jim, in you at 58? Oh, is that have you have you graduated? Are you I, done? I agree that? with you 100% on this and you know with the boys, this is why it's so important in the boyhood stage. Yeah. He's saying, do you see me? Do you love me? Do you want to be with me? That's why it's so important for men. Uh, forgive this phrase. It's a, it's my little weird phrase. To show up so much in their kids' lives, they become boring. That They're shocked if dad doesn't show up because mm -hmm. that's where they're initiated. Like you wrote in your book on page 102 about boyhood, you said, it's important for a boy to be introduced to other men, to see men be, being men in the company of other men, observing them and being introduced to dad's friends, learning a handshake and the importance of looking someone in the eye and how to honor others with good manners. This is how this boy grows up. He so when a boy is thrust into manhood in this boyhood phase, you know, really in a lot of ways he's hamstrung because a gold, Gordon Dalby said only men in his book, you know, a great book. He said only men can impute manhood yeah. on a on a on a, a boy. So the the moms, as much as they try, they can't do it. Yeah, you know, and we have fifty. Yeah. You know what? We have fifty percent of our audience is women. We just found this out about two weeks ago, and I was shocked by that. And I think mm -hmm. it's because we have so many women who are raising boys yeah. and trying to figure it out. And I applaud yeah. those women. Yeah. Um, but what a tragedy to have a boy grown up without somebody telling him, yes, I want to see you. Yes, I love what I see. Yes, I want to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Shameless plug for the book. I, yeah. If you're, a, if you're a mother of boys and if he's even 25 or 30, right, and, and, and you've been a single mom, man, Props to you, incredibly difficult job. But I think King Me's, King Me's the kind of book that you want if you find yourself in that situation because it, it describes the masculine journey, the questions that the masculine heart is asking. Because the masculine heart, even if he's eight years old, it's still a masculine heart. And, and the progression of, of how does that look um, in terms of answering those questions. And yes, a mother offers an image-bearing uh, source of love and care and nurture and strength as well. But to your point, I, I think Gordon Dalby's right, Eldridge, there's a bestowing of masculinity and you have to be in the company of men. So even a single mom, you know, if, if she was really intentional about this at church, at, at, at you, who, who could she sign treaties with and contracts, you know, who, who would uh, not babysit, right? But who could she get her young cub in the presence of so that, you know, handshakes, looking in the eye manners. Um, yeah. It's, and it's a tough order, right? Because this, there's just not, a, even men aren't actively engaged so much in this process uh, that, that like you said, that their kids are bored <laughs> because dad's just, just, just showing up. So, you know, you, you move from that stage into the explorer stage and you remember when you were 10, nine, 11, all of a sudden mobility, you start to, a bike, you know, you're moving, you're now uh, meeting kids and, and you're starting to move into places I call the jungles of junior high, middle school and high school It's freaking jungles, right? You're, you're bouncing into kids that have all kinds of back, back stories and parental challenges and, and medications, nothing wrong with medication, but you are, you are in a jungle. Uh, of 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 an environment, teachers that are just trying to keep it together, 
have order in their classroom. Um, and you might be privileged enough to meet uh, a, a teacher or some somebody in youth group who really is there to see you and encourage you and invite you, validate you and initiate you on the next leg of the journey. The challenge on the masculine journey through these stages of part two is if you don't get those questions answered, you're going to take them with you into the next stages. That, that, well, here, well, that is so, and here's why. I, so Eldridge in his book talked about the explorer questions, but he made it a general question that men ask two questions. Do I have the strength? Do I have what it takes? But what I'd appreciate about you and my favorite part of the book is actually the six stages because you not only nail them down uh, chronologically, but you put questions in there. And I, I actually carried a couple of my questions over until 2017 when I experienced a God moment through another another friend who challenged me, and it was it was life giving to me. And so yeah. this is really important. So that explorer, that young boy saying, you know, the ten to twenty year old saying, "Do I have the strength? Do I have what it takes?" And yeah. if he doesn't get that answered, he's going to carry that into his thirties and forties. And this is where we start seeing the problems. Yeah, and that's a huge stage, the explorer stage. If you if you're not starting to get some responsibility. And I'm telling you, the, the in-between the stages, man, there's there's some hell in there, right? Because you're you you're an eight, you're a seven-year-old, six-year-old, and 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 it's your mom and dad doing things for you. Well, you start to come to the explore stage, if they're still doing it for you, right? You 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 need to learn how, you know, how to cut your own meat, how to get your own breakfast. Not every day. But right, you have got to start learning to take care of yourself, hygiene to money. You know, if mom and dad are buying everything, then you're, you know, that 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 part is missing out on the opportunity to learn the value of of money. And so how do you, you know, impart some of these initiating moments of, well, honey, I'm not, I'm not gonna buy that. I'll tell you what, I'll go half. And I, I talk about, it's amazing how many things went back on the rack Oh yeah, with my kids when we started doing halvesies, right? And they started babysitting or they started mowing lawns or they started, you know, whatever they started to get a little, I was amazed at how they didn't want to part with their money, but they had no problem with, with asking me to part with mine. And so that, that's just one example of, of this stage, you know, how to handle money, how to save, how to give you know, different things that can happen in the explore stage. And this is a stage I think that a lot of moms and dads, especially if there's younger kids, right? You trust, unfortunately, you 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 trust that your oldest is doing fine as you focus on the ones you have to cut meat for or change diapers for. They're not doing fine. There, there's just, there's too much that, that the enemy has to throw at them through phones and technology, through um, through you know how to fit in, how through um, yeah how to not be ostracized or made fun of, and and just the enemy has it's a, it's a tough stage, explore stage, and then it lends itself to warrior stage, which the next stage is really about how do you protect yourself, and I'm not uh, yes do do not get in a van. With, with a guy who has some puppies, you know, the, the, the say no to drugs, the just say no, the strangers programs that we had when, in the seventies growing up. Right. But now, you know, it's, it's bigger than that. It's a, there's a spiritual reality that we start to bring into the warrior stage of how the world works. Films like the matrix films, like Lord of the Rings films, like Narnia, all of those things are very helpful to help a younger heart begin to understand that the world isn't safe, it's fallen, that Jesus is coming back, but right now there's a prince of this dark world. How does this all this work? And that every thought's not your own. Shame, guilt, fear, they, they have agents that, that, that are at work, maybe not creating the, some of the crap that happens, but they'll capitalize on it every day. So your your friend who thought he your your uh, wide receiver, he projected on God that that, right? God must. I hope he won't remember my past. Yeah, he's going to hold it. Well, it's there's a there's a dichotomy to this stage. 
And the dichotomies in the questions these guys are answered, asking, they're asking, how do I discern between good and evil? Good and evil. But on the flip side of that, they're saying, in this dangerous world, how do I offer my strength for good? So those two are yeah. questions that they're dichotomous, but they they operate, they yeah. have to operate simultaneously or at least together. And and to your point about that that last thing, you, if your strength is not already in place, you're you're probably in trouble. If if you don't have belovedness, if you if it's not being bestowed already, it doesn't mean you can't catch up. It doesn't mean that there can't be intervention. But what we're talking about is very, very challenging because that foundation. So here we're talking about linear. And then you remember in the book, I did another diagram of boyhood and belovedness as the foundation, then explore, then warrior, right? Then king. So as if there's inferior workmanship down here and, and you're 50, you, you've got to get some reconstruction in there. You've got to get some kind of attention to those questions that were asked along the way. So I think the warrior stage, you know, there's, you just don't, by the time you're in your twenties, you do not want to be naive. You do not want to be ignorant of, of, of the spiritual realm, how it works, how foul spirits work, how the kingdom of darkness is still, it's, it's still here. And what are they doing? What do they have on you? What's their game film look like when they, when they break huddle or break the locker room or step out of the foxholes, I don't even know if they get in foxholes. I think they just have the ability. Well, I'll tell you to, what, there is a game plan for each man. I guarantee every, you. Every, absolutely. Well, you know, what's really interesting. Like 62% of our listeners are in the warrior stage. And I think what's going on here, and this is also, you wrote this about this in your book, The Heart of a Warrior. In this warrior stage, if we are not oriented like if we didn't yeah. have our questions answered in the previous two stages, we have to get around. Or, you called them oriented men, and men who, mm -hmm. men who have answered these two questions: Who am I and why am I here? That's an mm -hmm. oriented man, right? Yeah. And we have to get around them, and so that's why yeah. Zoe, Men in the Arena, and some of these organizations are attracting this younger generation. These guys who are in their warrior phase, going, I need to get around some oriented guys. Yeah, so. I, I and 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 so how it works is a critical part of you know, physical training, there's a spiritual training. If Proverbs 4.23 is, is important, above all else, guard your heart. So you guard your heart against the enemy, but and yet we're supposed to be open-hearted towards God and his love and experiencing it and receiving it. So these are huge. And, and I know from, I, I know too much from experience for me, that is, those questions that we're talking about, Jim, they don't go away. You take them to the world. You take them to work. You take them to women. You take them to athletics. You take them to sales. You take them to church. So your wide receivers, you know, projecting on God a place that he's lived for years that somebody's applause is based on my performance. And, and that economy is not really, it's not true in, in the kingdom, but that's, that's how inundating that can be to an 18, 19, 22 year old who is living, uh, as, um, Larry Krabs put it, living outside the garden and life outside the garden is warfare is hard. And, and there's reasons why Jesus and his friends just say, Hey, take heart have courage, be careful, watch out. You know, there's, it's all over the new Testament. And I, I think we've just, um, yeah, we've missed, I don't know if we just thought Jesus, you know, put the bad guys to rest and, you know, it's just us not being able to measure up and get our crap together and stop sinning. Sinning is way downstream. It's well, way downstream. These questions are way upstream. Well, what we've done is we are great capitalist Christians. In other words, mm -hmm. we, we, we mm -hmm. operate under our American economy and not God's economy. And so we have to overcome that. And that's, yeah. uh, that's hard for uh, you yeah. know, a lot of guys. Well, let's talk about the third phase. So the glory of a king. This yeah. is a cool yeah. phase, man. I like this. What, talk about the glory of a king. So in, in recovery... 
and and in in rehab, right? You're you're trying to you're trying to get something that's lost or something that uh, should be that isn't. And so when you when you think about it being an image bearer, you have you carry in you the glory of God. Small G, right? Think about the batteries. I mean, you know, he he's going to empower you to live this life that he's promised you victorious overcoming and so the glory of a king is is the unique way that jim ramos bears god's image and so all the attacks of the enemy through your boyhood and warrior has been to prevent you from living free in christ with christ through christ from christ so that's why i love what you you brought up the oriented man because the oriented man's a man who is experiencing from god who he is so whose opinion whose opinion matters most about you? And I'm back to your wide receiver. Your wide receiver thought God's opinion about him was, I don't know if I can. But if you really, and we can memorize these passages, we can talk about them on many more podcasts about being a beloved son, being an image bearer, being an image bearer. But if you experience the love of God, if he actually shows you and tells you that you are his beloved son and that he's got some nicknames for you, Jim, you know, he, he knows your formal names, but he knows how you're known in heaven. He knows how he, he, he know he has some fond, uh, you know, Jim, the hunter, Jim's my hunter. No, no, no. I'm not talking about deer on his walls. I'm talking about he, he hunts down men. Who are tr who are hurting trouble? You know what I mean? Oh, so well, Jesus that did that. About? Sons of Thunder, yeah. The Rock. I mean, right. Jesus. Those that's things. what you know. That's that's what he does. He so knows you. you, yeah. And the power of that, the significance of of having a identity that is connected with Trinity DNA, connected to Him, and so we see Jesus has all these names. Uh, his friends, he he gives some of these these names and titles. So that's what I mean by validation. An initiation. Um, I use a story. Do you remember Fury, the, the movie Fury? Oh, of course. <laughs> so, you know, here's these war names. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, machine. Yeah, <laughs> they, they got the, they, you got the new machine. name. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, out of the, out of, out of that place, you know, there's just so much, um, there's so much goodness in the kingdom as kingdom citizens, privileges and responsibilities, right? And so the glory of a king is how you uniquely bear his image. And, and if you are living under lies about yourself or about God, then, then that's in the way of, of your glory and you being able to offer that. We talk about false self, true self quite a bit in King Me. And, and man, most Christian dudes, are they're false self dominant. Doesn't mean they're not Christians, but, but the enemy just has a couple good plays that they run on them, you know, a couple a couple places that they just can poke and that guy blows up or or just recoils, you know, either aggression or coward, passive, right? And and hiding, you know, I I I send uh, I'm ashamed, I hide or I make jokes, I make light of it, you know, what is these ways that you that we've all learned to cope? And and that's where King me I I think is inviting its readers to, why do you do that? You know, it's <laughs> nothing interesting. Wrong with, nothing wrong with being funny, except when it's not funny. Yeah. You know, is or, that, is that, so a, is ahead. that your cover? Yeah. Well, you know, at the end of the your Lord's cover, prayer, at the one. end of the Lord's prayer, uh, Jesus said, you know, taught us for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And I love that prayer because this is what I, when I think of the glory of the King, I think of that prayer where I say, God, Everything I do, make it for your glory. I want your rule and reign in my heart, and everything I do is for your glory. And because I want your kingdom in my life, and I want you to, I want you, know, I want your, I want your kingdom in my life. I want your rule and reign in my heart. God, I'm asking you to put me on display through an empowerment. Give me the power to build your kingdom that's already building in me. And God, when you put me on display, I will give you the glory. When I think of glory, I think of. Uh, you know, God wants to put us on display, but when Adam and Eve shamed the first sin, the first thing they did was cover up. Well, before they are walking upright with no shame, you know what I mean? No shame. And so God wants to, you know, bring healing to the masculine soul so this man can walk upright and on full display, not for his glory, 
but for the glory of the the true king which is your first part of the book and they're and they're so connected yes you, you know it, it's it's i think it was um uh purpose driven life that starts you know it's not about you yep, and i exactly. quote that i quote that in king me and i and and i i couldn't even write it the way i wanted to write it i i had to use some different uh, ways to italicize or bold, but it, it's all about you. See, I, I've, I've you. never really, I like his quote, but I've always thought that's kind of half baked. A little and so I'm, I'm kind of glad that you did that because I thought, okay, good for you, Mike. I'm glad that you're the one who he's going to call, not me, but, but well, I thought he sold 40 million <laughs> copies. So yeah, he's you know, good to but, go. But, but apparently <laughs> we like that. We like that little, you know, chest poke and degrading yeah. and, 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 and put in our place. But I'm saying no, no. C.S. This is more C.S. Lewis's theology. Yeah. No, no, no. You, you are glorious. You bear His image, and and this idea that it, it is about you. You were worth. You're not worthless. You were worth what you were paid for. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus is the capital H hero in the Grand Kingdom drama. But every man is the hero in his story. Yeah. And he needs to step up to that plate and say, "I God's putting me on display. He's right. put a mantle upon me, and I'm going to walk in that without shame." Yeah. Hey, man, this is gonna. I don't. I hope I don't get your audience all riled up. But <laughs> I, I hope you do. <laughs> you know this this idea, right? That it's not about you. It is about you. This this, this is another idea that it, you're not in the way, bro. You, you are the way. He, he he didn't he want he resides in you it's you in him and him in you that's the deal and so you're not in the way you are the way that he wants to transform the world that he wants to bring you the kingdom that he wants to entrust you with more and it's not your underachieving that he's so concerned about it's you're not believing him when he tells you who you are and in doing so we're not believing in him if if I'm not gonna tr if I'm not gonna believe that the God who made me has the best intentions for me, yeah. What I'm really saying is, God, I don't believe that who you say you are in the Bible. I don't. I'm not buying that. Yeah. I'm not believing that what you who you are in the Bible is true because that can't be true for me. Yeah. And so I, I'm gonna yeah. put you on the spot. This is this is this is a question that's just coming up. I think the spirit's coming up on me. All right. Just, hit hit so, me, baby. Hit me. Come on. I, so again, we get relegated sometimes to. And I I'm, I love the Bible. There's there are there are so many biblical references in King Me. Just let me go on record. Oh, tons. But have you met with God, had church, experienced God outside of church, outside of the Scriptures, Jim? Have you heard His voice? Has He ever told you what He thinks about you, how He feels towards you? Oh well, every morning I come into the office. First thing I do is I grab my notepaper. And I pray, and I fill up. This is this morning, and I fill it up with stuff. And it, it's just yeah. random. Some stuff's random. Some stuff's personal. Uh, but it's it's just allowing God yeah. to saturate me, because here's the deal. I I believe the Bible. I mean, I'm a I'm passionate about the Bible. But here's the deal: the Holy Spirit is with me and is in me, and I'm more passionate about the relationship yeah. with God. So I need to have God filtering His message yeah. into me. Uh, I don't know how I don't know how guys survive on their own without. And maybe in that way, I'm weak. I need to have God speaking to me. That's what yeah. He's made or me. Or just the Bible. Yeah. Or just the Bible. Or I, yeah. Know? Well, I mean, there's there, that's one way He speaks, but no there's so doubt. many other ways that He speaks. And if yeah. we don't, I mean, I just went to have breakfast with myself this morning because I just needed to sit quietly and listen. And uh, you know, if a man can get away yeah. and just shut his mouth, people. Here's the problem, Michael. When I talk to people, I say, what is prayer? And they always say, talking to God. And I go, that's really not true. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's half break. Prayer is turning yeah. to God. Turn to him and just listen to him. Again, American mindset, right? Yeah. So yeah. to answer your I question, Ask, I, I, yeah, I so love asking hearing, yeah. him Asking him questions, you know, considering it. I mean, that I, I, I had to hit that pretty good in King Me, that it's not, it's not just the Bible. And I, I found out in inviting God to speak to me, I had an encounter with him that I write about where the next thought I had, right? The next thought 
through my thoughts, the next thought I had was, you don't believe that I do. Because I was asking him to speak to me, and he, and, he, and he said, well, you don't believe that I do. And I knew exactly where he wanted to go, because I had made some agreements. I had signed some contracts in my youth that I wasn't good enough, just like your wide receiver. I hope he's not mad at me. If, if, uh, you know, he's not. But I, if you believe that, then that's going to have power in your life. So all of this uh, inventory that, that, that a man could do, it's not thousands of files, but there's a few good files that the enemy has on you, like you said earlier. And, and, and they're going to work them as covertly as they possibly can. And you wonder why you're in the ditch again with her or with your kids or with work. And you're not going upstream you know, far enough to really see what, what is at work here when somebody gives you their opinion, you feel so deeply criticized. And then you either, either run and medicate or you run over and, and collateral damage. What is it that makes you so angry? And, and that's a question every man can answer. Cause I think it's a question all, every man deals with what, where, cause anger is just this, this, it's it's this invitation to intimacy with God, but few of us ever go to that ball. Few of us ever take that appointment. And and what would that look like? And what glory might he want to be revealing to you that you're not getting because you won't come to him for it? And you could look it up in a verse, but I'm not talking about that. This is not in a Bible study. This is in a walk, in a journey, in an intimacy with the Trinity. And so that that's where the glory of a king really that that part of that book the, well, of the book is about well, isn't that. that interesting michael i mean men are drawn to the nature they're drawn to sunsets they're drawn to mountains they're drawn to just the deep of oh. the ocean because that's where we that's where we as men recognize we don't even know what it is it's the glory of god yeah and so and and so we are deep waters and so i think this yeah. is this is a great chapter appreciate our section the last section um, I, I really appreciate this section. It caught me off guard, to be honest with you. Uh, but it's the reign of a king. And uh, you got a little practical here. And I, I thought, yeah. I thought, wow, okay, this is a this little bit change on the end here. And you said that this means fighting for, this is page, this is, uh, I don't know what the page number is, 260, I don't know, it's in the 200s, 255, 260. This means fighting for and cultivating the two most important relationships in the life of a good king, the queen and the heirs to the throne. So let's talk about this with our last 10 minutes yeah. here. Last, let's talk about the reign of a king. Yeah. Yeah. The, what she needs, and even if she's your ex, you know, and the mother of your children, right? It, what she needs is an oriented king. What she needs is, is a king who's overcoming and, and becoming more of his true self. What they need is, is a man, is a father who understands the masculine and the, it's not that hard to translate this book into the feminine journey understands the masculine and feminine and understands that what you may not have got from your dad you it can be different and and what you might have gotten from your mom or dad you can get free from <laughs> so depending on which way that has to go and to understand that your children are in the same story you're in they're they're outside the garden too the enemy is coming He's coming for him. And there's and there's no JV Holy Spirit. There's no, there's no youth Jesus. I mean, I get it that we need to give them appropriate measures of this, but who is training, you know, our kids in the ways of the kingdom? And if you're leaving it up to the church, Dad, come on, man. It it that's it's not a coward way. It, it could be an ignorant way, but it's just a passive way. And and so and so the so the engaging opportunity to talk to your children about how the kingdom works, who they are in it, use some of the parables and stories and illustrations. Man, I don't care if you use Harry Potter or you use Narnia, or, but find out what they love. Find out what, why they're upset. And the biggest thing I put in, that, in, in those two chapters about the queen and the, and the children, heirs to the throne, even if they're adult children, even if they're, your kids are 30 or 40, I think as a, as a good king, we need to learn that we didn't like when people told us what to think or feel. Let's not tell them what to think or feel. Let's be diligent 
at observing and, un, and, and trying to understand why they think and feel the way they do. Well, you have a real powerful quote in this section on page 260. I want to read it because I think that men, uh, we dads have been deceived into thinking that we just provide tangible things for our family. And it's, it's not true. You said this, fatherhood is an exploration of the heart whose discoveries over time build trust, wonder, and blessing. But the explora- in exploration, there is always danger. Now, this is critical. The things we build are fragile, talking about the heart of a, our children and our wife, children. Mm-hmm. and accidents or sabotage can occur in seconds. So, so this thing that we're built providing for, uh, you don't have to have tons of money. Your, your right. kids really don't want that. They want something mm-hmm. intangible. Walk us through it. Yeah, they want your presence and they want your words. You know, and those and, are and cheap. Even I if, mean, those don't it, cost it, you a lot of money. <laughs> and 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 yet they're so um, they're such rich investments. Yes. And uh, you you mentioned blessing. Um, I you know I had I I have my dad's still alive. My mom's passed, but I have a few incredible memories and i hope there's a few more of my dad validating me and blessing me and speaking words of life over me now one was in a pheasant field uh, in south dakota on a on a pheasant hunt we he was an upland hunter and and loved it we kind of reclaimed that uh about 20 years ago and went for several years um once a year and then some health things and different things but i had a bunch of guys uh, a lot of fathers and sons, Jim, and I was a son at 40 something, you know, I'm 59 now. So 45 years old. And I created these kind of validation scripts, validation ceremonies. And I told the dads that were on this trip, Hey, here you, you got a couple days. You need to read through this. Cause we're going to have this, you know, sundown ceremony dances with wolves, <laughs> uh, backdrop, you know, in South Dakota. And my, and, and these, it, it was so holy, you almost couldn't watch it. And there was one after the other ceremonies. They weren't long and, you know, they didn't need to be long, but they were introduce, introduce your son to the circle, right? Like, like introduce him to the circle and then put your hand on his shoulders and look him in the eye. Forget, forget that we're all here. What do you love about him? What? What 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 it what is it that you're proud of? Those two things. And give one example of how you've seen those things happen in his life. I remember the time and finish the blank. I mean, you talk about a bunch of guys in orange and khaki and shotguns up against some hay bales, and we're just going, oh, I mean, our 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 sleeves are just getting snotted because every every one of us was impacted by that kind of love that validates, that bestows. And so how do you bless your children? What words and what presence are you given? Are, are you able to give them? And some of us, it wasn't given to us. So we're pioneering in this space. But if it's given to you by God, if you're turning to God for that, then you you do have something to offer. And I think there's there's things in this book and there's others, rites of passage. This is something that we're going to have to bring back to recover generational masculinity. Yeah, we're doing that now. That's so critical. I actually, I was writing them down as you wrote, because we have a rite of passage ceremony and I I wrote down hands on shoulder. I always have the guys get behind their kids and and introduce them, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to have them do that and then get in front of them and do what you're saying, because that- Eye to eye. Oh, absolutely. That's so powerful. And I read that in your book, The Pheasant Hunt. It's so powerful. So, okay. So you've put me on the quiz twice- so I'm going to give you a quiz once. So I feel like, right. you know, we're not ledger people here, but, you know, we are guys. So so here we go, man. So first of all, how can these guys grab a hold of your book? What's the best way? Um, they can go to our website, zoe, Z-O-W-E-H dot org, and there'll be a link that they can kind of get into the outpost and, and get a get a book. And then, man, you know, you 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 post yours there. I, I The world of Amazon. Go to Amazon. Uh, King me, um, you know, you never know what might show up. There might be a romance novel called King me, but move through that and you know, you'll, the checker piece 
And 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 I, I go back to I didn't really hit on that, but you know checkers. I mean, advancing, moving across the board, and and then becoming something else, moving differently. That's the journey, and so that's why the checker piece is on the cover of King Me. That that parable, illustration, metaphor just really worked for me, and I found it to be uh, an encouragement because uh, because everybody can identify. You start playing when you're young, you know. It's the rainy oh, yeah. rainy day game. Well, most you know. covers are lame. That was a great cover. I oh, love that good. cover. I'm like, I'm so heck good. yes on that cover, man. It was just, it just, it, you know, I love a cover that tells a story and you get yeah. the title and the, the, it just tells a story. So here's my, here's my pop quiz for you. So we like to end each podcast with what we call boots on the ground. We want guys to be able to apply what they've learned. So, well, I'm going to ask these guys to go somewhere and, uh, and turn to God in a moment of silence and not ask and not, not, not pray in elaborate prayers. I just want them to bring up something to write with, probably not yeah. their phone, it's too distracting. And I right. want them to ask God two questions. Whatever the questions are you want them to ask. So I, that's the mm. quiz part. Yeah. What are the two questions you want these guys to ask in a yeah, moment we of talk, uh, you know, we do these questions. I'm going to do a couple from our uh from our weekends, which by the way, there's another one coming in April and uh your ticket's still good. So if you want to punch your ticket. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's um, I'm going to do that, dude. I I'm going to do it. Yeah. We've got a bunch of guys uh, from Portland coming. I, know, I don't know if you know. I know. That. I need There's... to. I need to get out there for my own soul. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That, well, that's a really great ticket. Then. If yeah. You, we'll just let you come incognito. But, um, but a couple questions. Um, God, how do you see me? How How do you see me? Um, and sit in that a bit. Now you may. I I don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, you, I've <laughs> you done know, this before. Yes. You 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 may. You may have uh, some image like I did. I wrote about in Heart of a Warrior of Aragorn. And, and I thought I was doing the exercise wrong. I really did. I thought, you know, okay, come on, Thompson, you know, get get it together. You know, God, how do you see me? So then the second question that I think is powerful is, God, would you show me how I see me? In that, So you want him to ask it in that order? I, I think I think the I think asking him how he sees me, you know, is that's what should matter most. And and then hopefully that can shadow, you know, just just oh just yeah. And I've seen my I, yeah I viewed myself as underachieving, um, you know, a disappointment. Um, one, I remember one guy saying, yeah, I, I, when I asked that, I saw this picture of a, of a mule. God, what's that about? You know, just, just load him up. Pat, I saw another, another guy talk about, uh, he saw himself like radar O'Reilly could get stuff for everybody. You know, he, oh yeah, man, I've, I've heard some wild stories, some beautiful stories, tears, but, but I've, I've, yeah, I, I think that it's. You know, he's, I've seen, he's taken me back to boyhood and, and shown me, you know, images of, uh, just pictures, um, that have captured me, um, that, that once he, once he saw, once I heard ab about, um, you know, my boyhood, it's funny then what he can bring across my, my eyes and I can see, and I have eyes to see boys playing in a sprinkler um, one, not long uh, after I was talking with God about my boyhood, he showed me this. I just got this picture of a boy on a high dive who wouldn't die, who wouldn't jump, you know, and took me into, yeah, there's some first times are, can be scary. First times can be hard, you know, but you did it and, and you keep doing it. You, the, the board gets higher, Michael, and you keep, you keep going out there with me. I love that about you. You know, so I don't know what he's going to do for our friends. And, um, and I would say, uh, brothers, you know, <laughs> this is not, uh, we're not testing God. If you don't feel like you get much, you know, don't let, don't let discouragement come in, slither in. Don't let, you know, diminishment comes, come in. Stay with the question. Let him give God some time to answer it, to show you. You'll know. Yep. <clears throat> if you and stay just, with it. Yep. You'll know. 
and I think write it down. And and, and yeah, guys yeah. are like, well, how do I know what it's what's God? Just write down the first thing that comes to your head. <laughs> Just start writing stuff down. You yeah. will be shocked at what happens. And I think I think it's <clears throat> it's very much within His way to He'll reinforce it. It won't be a one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, he'll he'll bring, yeah, he'll 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 bring some wild ways to to affirm that no, you heard, you just don't believe, and and, and I'll show you. Let me tell you, I'll show you that I'm that I mean it. And it may take four and five months for that to really solidify. And if it does, those four or five months, you will have a story to tell. Oh yeah, well. Man, I'll tell you what, Michael, it's always great having you on. I appreciate your book, and hopefully these guys get their hands on a copy and slow slow digest that sucker. So thanks Sounds so good. much for coming on the show, man. It's always a, a great time having you here. It's an honor, man. Love hanging out with you. And uh, yeah, kingdom forward. Let's go. All right, brother. Well, hey, we'll have to meet in the Let's South Dakota it. prairies and shoot some pheasants. I like it. <laughs> Sounds great. I feel a man trip coming. Validation okay. trip. Validation trip. <laughs> Let's call it. Yeah, All right, brother. Have it. a great day. You too. Blessings. Hey guys, as you know, our man laws are supplied by you. And when we use your man law, you hit us up at our website with your address. We want to send you some swag to say thanks. This this week's man law comes from Jeff Burgess. And Jeff says this, never urinate on an electric fence facing upwind or facing uphill. Now, I had a dog once that tried to urinate on Christmas lights and it did not go well. I didn't know that could happen, but that is actually a thing. So the life rule here, consider the consequences before you act. Man, we want to thank you for being a podcast listener who's helped us become Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men. But if you have yet to subscribe to the Men in Arena podcast, please do so now. God bless you. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man.